The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, I want to talk about seagulls. We have been talking about well, Dublin City and uh, cleaning up the capital over the last few days here on the show. And a point that was made by quite a few people, in fact, was the damage caused in the city and the filth caused in the city and the noise pollution caused in the city by seagulls. Keith Connolly is a councillor in Dublin. He joins me now. Keith, do you think it's high time we do something about it? Is that right? Absolutely, Carol. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, the issues around litter, picking up bags, uh, noise pollution. We've had seagulls attacking people for food in outdoor areas. Anyone who's enjoying the good weather out in the house or scaries, indeed, in our city centre, will realise it's a massive issue in our city. I mean, to start looking at what, what can be done to either cull or, or to stop these, um, basically, r- ruining our city at the moment. And in what ways would you contend they're ruining the city? Well, I suppose if we look... look there's a number of issues they have. The noise pollution, for one, I dealt with a case last month where a woman, uh, an elderly woman in a glass net moved out of her house for three weeks because uh, a herring gull was nested in her chimney and they start breeding at four in the morning um, and basically moved out to her son's house for three weeks as a result. That's one issue. Uh, as you said, the, 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 the pollution itself, the excrement and the feces from uh, a gull is actually much more dangerous than uh, a dog, for example. Um, damage to cars, um, there's been people attacked, as I said, uh, holding food outdoors, having chips, um, and they, they are, they're a pest, and I think something needs to be done, something was done in Balbriggan uh, a number of years ago, whereby uh, derogation was allowed um, through the, the National Parks and Wildlife Service and Department of Heritage, where they were allowed to remove nests and eggs because uh, the population of gulls and herring gulls in particular had uh, escalated so quickly. Uh, so, uh, are you calling on Dublin City Council to examine the possibility of doing something similar, yeah. similar on a much wider scale? Is it? Yes, and uh, I actually had a look at some of the studies around. There was quite a large uh, research done by National Parks and Wildlife Service, and the results were given out last year. But of the seven towns that were mainly targeted, five of them were all coastal towns, the usual Holt, you know, Skerries, and two are Midlands towns. I represent Fingers Glass, Evan, Ballymun, and parts of Santry. I've never seen the issue being so prevalent here this year in particular. Um, and I think they're actually coming more and more inland, um, probably because they're being fed, which there needs to be a campaign around not to feed seagulls. And obviously the habitat in coastal areas are being ruined in some ways as well. But I think this is a very serious issue of situations where pets have been attacked, uh, young children again, food. Um, it's going to become much more serious unless something is done. Uh, Stephen Newton, Dr. Stephen Newton is with us as well. He's a senior seabird conservation officer with Birdwatch Ireland. Stephen, you're very welcome to the show. Uh, you might expect, before we talk about um, uh, Keith's call for, for a call or certainly the, uh, the the call that the City Council look into the possibility of a call, can you explain why seagulls seem so prevalent in people's lives in the city at this time of year what's going on well well, certainly good evening anyway i mean that's a very pertinent question why are the gulls in our towns and cities and it's literally because of a lack of food in their natural environment possibly increased disturbance on the coast you can go down towards any beach or coastline this week and you'll see the thousands and thousands of people that are there in the habitat that the gulls would normally live in. So there might be a disturbance effect. The seas have been overfished, you know, so there's not much there. They come into the towns because we are so profligate with our waste and our litter. 
and that means food to a gull. A gull is not the only thing that scavenges on our streets. We have foxes and rats that do it equally well, but they're nocturnal and people don't see them quite so often. The gulls are a bit more obvious, they're diurnal. And yeah, I, I, I agree, I can't win. They do make a bit of a noise in the morning, but... You know, so does rush hour traffic. It makes a noise, you know. And <laughs> do we ask the question, does the noise of the traffic or... Well, St- Stephen, be, be careful now. We're going, we, we don't want a headline that Birdwatch Ireland are calling for a cull of uh, early morning commuters. Uh, so uh, the, 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 the fact is, as you say, we have chased them out of their own habitat and we've enticed them into ours. That, that, that's a bit... It and uh, we've hit on the problem. Keith has all, already mentioned it that we should be discouraging people from feeding them. It, it's definitely in urban areas, in the parks and St Stephen's Green, wherever you go, you, people do par- uh, feed them. They, in the old days, when there were less gulls, people went to the park to feed the swans or the ducks. Now they tend to feed the gulls and the pigeons. You know, but yeah, it, it is an issue. But the, the bit about them, uh, you know, attacking people and stealing food, I don't really think they're going for people for the sake of it. But I agree, it's quite frightening if one does swoop on you. But the reason they're doing that is because people have been feeding them. And the bolder ones get the idea that, oh, there's a person with a sandwich or a burger or a packet of chips. I'll just help myself. So what, it's, the, what, it's what, the minority of birds that do that, the bold ones. Most of them... You know, they'll hang around and they'll wait for you to throw them something. Or if if there's waste on the streets, obviously, in the early morning, they will, you know, pick up whatever takeaway leftovers have been dumped on the streets or poorly disposed of it in accessible bins. So so what's and, your and, response then, Stephen, to, to Keith's call for the city council to investigate a, a citywide call? Uh, well, I, I, one, I think it, it would be logistically very, very difficult. And secondly, we have to remember these birds are protected by Irish law and European law. They are what we call amber-listed of conservation concern. Their populations have declined dramatically in the last 20 or 30 years. They are increasing a little bit now. They're recovering a little bit, and particularly in urban areas where they have, I wouldn't say exploded, but they have increased significantly. But that that is a function of how easy it is for them to find food in urban areas. So I still think we have to clean up our act. It's not going to be a quick fix. We found, I think, the derogation that was given to to the, the community in Balbriggan has not really worked. They've removed hundreds of nests but I don't think the number of goals are going down. Okay, well, let, let, let me just go back to Keith on that. Keith, it does seem a little unfair in the face of it to kind of chase goals out of their natural habitat, then entice them into ours by virtue of us being so messy, and then our solution is to try and kill them. Yeah, I suppose, look, we all know what the problems are, and Stephen has very well explained some of the reasons why, but I suppose dealing with a solution, I said this situation is getting worse, and in my experience, I've never seen... The, been so prevalent in urban areas and I said that that survey done by uh, the National Parks and Wildlife Service really didn't target urban areas in the city it was city centre coastal areas and I would like to see more research done there on, on how they're exploding in urban areas and then if needed uh, an issue around culling uh, or I know other extreme measures are probably not as as, as um, 
you don't have as many options here, but in, in the States, I think in Ocean City, they use birds of prey, for example. There are other methods to obviously encourage them back to their own natural habitat on the coast as well, and um, rewilding all that. But it, it's, it's certainly a big, big issue here. And I've no doubt we've talked about this in a year's time. It, it's a multifaceted approach here to try and get a solution. Um, but I, I personally have dealt with people that have been attacked or that the, for, for the food they're, they're eating. As I said, I spoke to a lady who had to move out of her house for three weeks. And it is having an impact on people's lives, particularly mm. around uh, mating season in July and around now, where they wake up at a quarter past four in the morning and it's it's very hard to get back to sleep. And that, that never used to happen, certainly and when I was younger. I never remember that. I lived in the same area all my life. Uh, if you can believe it, someone's after texting in to say there are two seagulls literally inside Burger King on O'Connell Street right now. <laughs> I mean, if somebody can send us a photo, uh, uh, we'd love to see it. Uh, at the hard shoulder is the Twitter uh, handle. Stephen, are there ways to encourage seagulls back to their natural habitat? Is it too depleted in terms of resources to encourage them back? Do we need to just get used to them? Are they kind of the, the pigeons of the future? We, we, we try to get to get some money out of Europe to do some work on this, you know, to to look at the islands that they live on, you know, Islands Eye, Dorky, Lambay, Skerry's Islands and whatever. There's, there's, there's thousands of gulls still breed on those islands. And, uh, you know, we're trying to say, can we make the habitat on those islands better to get more in, you know, to kind of lure them back a little bit. But in the meantime, we're, we're, I've worked with colleagues at UCD and we have a, a research student who's putting tags on gulls in both urban areas and on the coastal islands. And we're looking at how plastic their behavior is. You know, do, you know, do the ones that nest on the coast stay on the coast and the ones in the, in the towns and cities stay there? But I think the experience is they both move backwards and forwards, you know, mm. depending on the state of the tide and, you know, whether they fancy chips or whether they fancy fresh fish rather than deep fried fish. You know, it, it's this sort of question. So some research is being done. And I think in the next few years, you know, there, there'll be some ideas on how the birds behave. And then we have to look at, you know, can we modify their behaviors to, you know, to suit our needs a little bit and possibly possibly you know get them away from urban areas but you know my best advice is you you've got to learn to live with them and i know they can be a bit noisy you know especially when it's so bright early in the mornings but it's a short breeding season you know and and they're generally pretty quiet between about about october and and march and Stephen, any move in the future to do some of the things you're talking about there, encouraging back to more natural habitats, I assume that would have to happen in tandem with an effort in the city or cities, cause it's not just Dublin, other cities as well around the coast uh, have to deal with this. There'd have to be an effort there to remove the easy sources of food. You're not going to encourage the gull back out to nope. Docky Island if up in the main street there's chips to be had. No, that's it. So we really have to clean up our act there. And it, it, it's not just that sort of casual waste. Even the, even the, our black you know, bit, bit plastic bin liners that we put out with the, with the rubbish, those are so easily accessible to both birds and, and rats and foxes and whatever. We, you know, and quite a few of the, of, of the urban councils you know, have the big belly uh, litter bins, whatever, that can't be accessed easily you know so we have to mm. speed up that transition to, to safe disposal of waste you know drum home anti-littering you know everywhere and especially 
takeaway stuff. You know, so we yeah. clean our act up, but it'll be a slow process, and then maybe we'll have done enough research to see how how you know how well we can manipulate their behaviour and possibly yeah. encourage them back to the coast. Uh, Keith, but, there are still parts of uh, Dublin City where uh, people leave bin liners uh, out on the street to be yeah. collected. I mean, surely the time has come and gone for that type of behaviour, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, it's predominantly in the city centre uh, where businesses wouldn't have space to store uh, plastic bins, for example, but definitely there's a role there for the council and I agree with Stephen, it has to be eradicated in time. We can't have, uh, you know, black bags left out like there were 20 years ago. And I also think that there's, there's a definitely space for a campaign to make people aware of the dangers of feeding seagulls, you know, and uh, ne- having seagulls nesting near you and the noise they bring about them. But that also has to play a role as well because, you know, if, if these... Like we, if, if if rats were in an area, the HTC have responsibility. You know this baiting program. I think seagulls and time will have to look at something as I stated around the culling issue. But uh, in the meantime, look, an education program will certainly help to warn people not to feed them and the danger of doing such. Keith Connolly, Fall Councillor in Dublin. Dr. Stephen Newton is a Senior Seabird Conservation Officer with Bird Watch Ireland. Thank you both very much for joining me, Chris. Says, so the answer is to call a few messy dubs would also help with the housing crisis. Ouch, Chris. Uh, did Keith even know that they were Amber Alert Extinction? Keep all the others littering and feeding them, but kill the birds for defending the nest. Who wouldn't defend their own children? Bring back the neglected Irish fishing sector, says Rory and Cabin Teeley. That will sort the gull problem out. And Paul and Kerry says, why do seagulls need to come in land to get food? Because we ate theirs. The seagull population has plummeted by 88% since the 1970s. Paul, thank you for the text. 53106. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.